Welcome, brothers and sisters, to Mormon Movie Reviews, where LDS movie lovers belong. My name is D-Days, and today is October 18th, 2022, and this is episode 39. And we will be reviewing Mouths of Babes, uh, released in 1981, with a running time of 13 minutes. Your synopsis and spoiler alert, an off-camera interviewer questions young children about God and religious teachings, and shows that what is taught to children may be very different than what they actually learn. If you want to get in touch with me, my email is mormonmovierreviews at gmail.com. And this review uh, works, works best if you've seen this film before, though that's not required. Hey, that's not how you conduct a hymn there. Hey! That's <laughs> that's not how you conduct. So so much for teaching people, uh, teaching them uh, correct principles and letting them govern themselves. Uh, may need to work on <laughs> may need to work on that just a little bit. And they're singing the spirit of God like a fire is burning. And this is hymn number two in the hymnal. And you can see here that this is produced and directed by Tom Christensen. Tom Christensen is a cinematographer, director, and writer and producer and member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He uh, shot probably his most famous movie is The Testaments of One Fold and One Shepherd. And he's done a lot of other uh, LDS-related uh, works as well. And you can see here that Mouth of Babes is one of them. He studied filmmaking at BYU, and he's generally known as a LDS filmmaker. Probably one of his other most famous works is the uh, 17 Miracles uh, work. Now, he was associated with, as we're going to see, the Visual Transit Authority, also known as the VTA. It often collaborated with BYU and the church itself in films. So this is not an official church film, but it is a church-affiliated film. If you were a Mormon, what would you be? A dad. <laughs> now, the irony here is if he said, if you were a Mormon, what, what would you be? He said he'd be a dad. Well, someone needs to teach this young man the uh, teachings of Joseph Fielding Smith from the Doctrines of Salvation, Volume 2. In both of these kingdoms where there will, be, there will be changes in the body and limitations, meaning if you don't go to the celestial kingdom, some of the functions in the celestial body will not appear in the terrestrial body, neither in the telestial body, and the powers of procreation will be removed. I take it that men and women will in these kingdoms be neither man nor woman, merely immortal beings having received the resurrection. So the irony here is if you weren't, if you're not a Mormon, you won't be a dad because those dad parts, they're going to be removed. So uh, somebody may need to um, instruct this young man as to the uh, doctrines of salvation by the president of the church back in 1970, Joseph Fielding Smith. If you weren't a Mormon, what would you be? A Christian. Christian. You know, he may need to read the Gospel Topics essay on that, are Mormons Christians. Because according, <laughs> I realized I wasn't released back in 1981 because according to Gospel Topics essays, Latter-day Saints are uh, unequivocally affirm themselves to be Christians. So um, I think he's got things a little backwards. There's a pet keeper, a child, a Mexican. A Mexican? That's racist. Um, let me ask you, is there a term besides Mexican that you prefer? Something less offensive? Mexican isn't offensive. Well, it has certain connotations. Like what? Like, I don't... Well, I don't know. Well, what connotations, Michael? No, no, no. There's no something. No. Now remember, I'm just, I'm just curious. Honesty. <laughs> uh, okay, he's going to be a, Mex a Mexican. That is that technically is racist, right? I think so. I'm not, I'm not an expert on that. How old do you think God is? How old is God anyway? You know, that's a <laughs> that's one of the age-old questions. I think that's one of the questions that uh, Saint Augustine wrestled with. Not too. I know Morgan Freeman knows a little bit about it though. That much I do know. I don't know about 97 or something. 97. That's interesting that she says 97 because that's President Nelson. He just turned 98, and that just pro proves to me that uh, President Nelson. He's older than God. <laughs> and in 20? Um, 4,000. 4,000? Watch it there, Sonny. The Earth is only 6,000 years old. So do not guess any higher than that. 90. And where do you think he lives? Now, I think that he lives at the presidential apartment top floor of the Gateway Apartments on State Street in Salt Lake City, Utah, United States of America, across from the LDS Administration Building within a block of the Joseph Smith Memorial Building and the LDS Temple. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong about that. I'm in heaven. Where's that? Where do you think heaven is? They say it's in colon. <laughs> they say it's in colon? Well, um, where, where does God live? They say it's in colon, which would be, um, uh, I don't know, there's the ascending colon, uh, and then there's also the descending colon, uh, some, apparently somewhere in here. Not, re not real sure about that. The church has uh, answered this question because back when Mitt Romney was running for president, uh, back in 2012, foxnews.com uh, compiled a list of 21 questions, and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints actually responded to those because it was Mitt Romney running for president, and they wanted to make sure that no one had any misconceptions. And one of those questions is, where does God live? 
And in fact, here's the question right here. If so, does the church believe, so that young man kind of had it mixed up. I think he had his colon and his kolob mixed up. It says, if so, does the church believe that God lives on a planet near kolob? Well, let's see. Kolob is a term found in ancient records translated by Joseph Smith. <laughs> Joseph Smith did not provide a full description or explanation of kolob, nor did he assign the idea of particular significance in relation to the church's core doctrines. So hopefully that answered your, hopefully that answered your question. That young man, um, not, no, not kolon, kolob. Well, where does God live? He lives in California. California, actually, with all the atheists? Now that I think about it, if that makes sense that he would live there, actually. There's a lot of atheists and people who need a lot of help in California, so that does make a lot of sense. And the earth. Where does God live, do you think? Uh, I've seen this house before. Holiness to the Lord. She's probably seen this house before. I think that this is what she's referring to. She's probably been right past it. You know, I'd love to see the temple. That is just a beautiful shot there of the San Diego temple, isn't it? I don't remember. It's not far away. Yeah, San Diego. It's not very far away. San Diego's not that far. Well, when you say your prayers, if he's in the earth, far away, how can he hear you? With his ears. Yeah, with his ears. Duh, dude. Get a clue. Maybe have a walkie-talkie. I don't know if he does. I don't know if he does. Truer words have never been spoken. This young uh, person here is uh, very inspired. Because um, he's magic and all that. Yeah, I think he's referring to that uh, famous Silver, uh, Sarah Silverman uh, stand-up tour, which is uh, uh, Jesus is Magic. I think when we say our prayers, and the Father comes down and listens to us. Ah, so he's like a celestial eavesdropper. Okay, makes sense. Well, how could you be way over in heaven and hear you? How does that work? Fine. Yeah, it works fine, buddy. <laughs> Well, how did he get to be magic, do you think? Yes, how did God get to become God? If, you, if we really need to go back to Joseph Smith and the King Follett sermon here, let me just read a couple of highlights from this sermon to you. God himself was once as we are now and is an exalted man and sits enthroned in yonder heavens. The character and being of God, uh, how he came to be God, it's necessary for us to understand that. I'm going to tell you how God came to be God, uh, become God. We have imagined and supposed that God was God from all eternity. I will refute that idea, and I will take away the veil so that you may see. Yes, God himself was once a man like us. Yea, that God himself, the Father of us all, dwelt on earth the same as Jesus Christ himself did. Uh, how did God become to be God? Uh, well, the answer is obvious. In a manner to lay down his body and take it up again. Uh, Jesus, what are you going to do to take down my life as my father did and take it up again? You've got to learn how to be gods yourselves and to be kings and priests of God, the same as all gods have, uh, have done before you. Okay, so somebody needs to instruct her as to uh, what is probably Joseph Smith's most important uh, sermon. And I'm sure she's been taught that, and I I'm, I'm excited to hear. Hopefully that's what we're going to hear here. Well, how did he get to be magic, do you think? Uh-huh. He's a good, really good boy when he's little. <laughs> he was a good boy when he was little. Well, we actually have a video of, uh, of uh, God when he was little. I want to play that for you. They say that long ago on one of these planets, to an unidentified God and one of his goddess wives, a spirit child named Elohim was conceived. When he was little. This spirit child was later born to human parents who gave him a physical body. Through obedience to Mormon teaching and death and resurrection, he proved himself worthy and was elevated to godhood as his father before him. <laughs> Let's pack it up there. There, yeah, he's kind of small. There, he's you know Elohim. He's kind of a uh, I don't know. I'm guessing around seven years old. I think that's what she's talking about. I um, can't say for sure, but I think she's uh, very inspired. She obviously has done her uh, gospel study. Maybe. Do you uh, say your prayers at night? She say her prayers at night. Hey, pal, you're not my bishop. Bug her off. Mhm. Mm what does that do? Yeah, my dad. So what do the prayers do? Well, um, apparently not much according to her, um, but her dad does get mad if she doesn't say them. How did we get here to this earth? Let's see if she can give us the answer. We got this from Saturday's Warrior. If you want to be preaching to something besides marsupials in Madagascar, you had better get over there. We are not the ordinary So that's how we get here to Earth. That's the best I got. That's that's the closest I can tell you. Let's see if that's what she says. We drive the car. <laughs> who is Joseph Smith? I don't know. You don't know who Joseph Smith is? You don't. You don't know. Forgot Joseph Smith? No sacrament for you. Who is Jesus? I don't know. You forgot Jesus? No temple recommend for you. 
Who is Heavenly Father? I don't know. Forgot Heavenly Father? No exaltation for you. That's three strikes, by the way. Three strikes. Who taught you all this? My dad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, actually, I think we should take that little girl's dad's temple recommend away. It's not her fault. It's his fault. You know, it just reminds me of that inspired counsel by David O. McKay. No other success in life can compensate for failure in the home. <laughs> Who's the head of the church? Uh, President, no, couldn't be him. Let me give you a hint. Let me give you a hint, buddy. That's a tough question here. Maybe this can, uh, <laughs> maybe there's a little hint here. Does that help you at all? I'm not sure if that does help you. President Kimball was my neighbor living on over on uh, Laird Avenue when I used to live on uh, Sheridan Road there in Salt Lake City. So I guess I can... Nope. What does the president of the church do? He washes the floor and he takes care of the church. And he goes, and he cleans the floor, and then he goes home. Well, he cleans the floor, he takes care of the, the president of the church is extremely worried about the floor. And you know what? This uh, little guy, he's very inspired because we had this picture here of uh, President Nelson that uh, came out of the church news. Now is the great day of my power, vacuum. So actually, this little, this little boy's not far off. That's right, the president of the church does take care of the floors. That's a good call, buddy. What does it mean to lengthen our stride? It means if you get in the race, you, race, you run fast. Makes sense. Well, you know, like before you were born, Remember when you, like when you were a baby? Where were you before that? Uh -huh. At my house. <laughs> what were you doing? Just, just laying around. Just laying around. Have you ever seen Heavenly Father? No. Do you know anybody that has? That's a toughie. Let's go back there and look at some church history here. We have the uh, letter, for the famous letter here from uh, Hubert J. Grant here that he wrote. Uh, this was back in the day when you used to be able to just write the First Presidency and they used to be able to respond. I miss those days uh, greatly. But uh, this is from a letter, a First Presidency letter that he stumbled upon in Lester Bush's papers at the uh, University of Utah. It says, uh, Hubert J. Grant here says, Dear Sister, answering your letter of the 12th, I know of no instance when the Lord has appeared to an individual since his appearance to the prophet Joseph Smith. Sincerely, your brother Hubert J. Grant. And of course, he was president of the church at this time. Oh, but that was a long time ago. Certainly somebody has seen God by, uh, in between now and then, right? I mean, that's, that was 100 years ago. Well, let's hear what President Oaks has to say about somebody seeing God. Missed the words Alan the Younger, uh, without which I couldn't understand that very fine question. What should you pray for to have the kind of experience that Alan the Younger had? I don't think you're likely to have the kind of experience that Alan the Younger had. Remember, he had a miraculous appearance of an angel and, uh, and really got hit over the head spiritually. Most of us don't have that kind of experience. But I interpret your question, Heather, as being how can we get the kind of, of uh, testimony that you see. I don't think we'll, we'll get it like Paul did on the road to where the angel appeared to him or where the element of younger had that starting experience. Uh, the Lord gives a few of those kinds of experiences that are recorded in the scriptures to catch our attention, which is the answer. But I never had an experience like that. I anyone among the first presidency or part of the twelve. President Oaks here, uh, you're not going to have an angelic, forget a, forget a, a theophany, a visitation from God the Father or God in general. You're not even going to have an experience like Paul had, which will also not have, or it's extremely unlikely for you to have the angelic experience that uh, Alma the Younger had, which was also a divine angel. Not only that, he's never had that type of experience. He's never had the kind of divine um, experience that Joseph Smith had, nor he, he hasn't, nor has any of the members of the First Presidency, nor any of the members of the Quorum of the Twelve. We've got a long history here of folks who have not seen God. So that's going to be a tough question for this little guy, since we got presidents of the church, President Oaks is a second in line for the, uh, as the prophet, who are saying, no, I haven't had those kind of experiences, including Joseph F. Smith, when he was in the uh, so-called Greek smoot hearings, he also said that he never had any revelations. So this, that's kind of a trick question. This is going to be a tough question for this little guy. Let's see how he handles it. Yes. Who? Joseph Smith. <laughs> Joseph Smith. You know, I miss those good old days when prophets used to have visions and revelations and divine manifestations. Those were the good old days. Hey, good, good on you, buddy. Nice work. <laughs> have you ever seen God? No. Do you know anyone that has? No. Then how do we know that he's alive? Because he sent us. Yeah, because he sent us. Hashtag, that's evidence. Reminds me of that famous meme that not even Richard Dawkins can answer this question. Hey, atheists, if God doesn't exist, then how did Jesus walk on the water?
Huh? Checkmate. He sent us. That's how we know. What is the sacrament? It's bread and water. What do we eat it for? Because in case we hungry. <laughs> in case we hungry. <laughs> this guy is a future general authority, and I testify that he speaks the truth. Well, why do you think we have? Why? Why do you think we have bread and water? Why do we have those two? Because the the water is like milk, and and the bread is like just bread. Yeah, it's pretty simple, Mr. Filmmaker, dude. Uh, just get a clue. Well, the bread represents Jesus's body, and the water represents his blood. I, I do want to take issue here with the uh, lipstick department. Whoever, for the Visual Transit Authority, um, whoever's doing the lipstick, uh, they need to be fired because the lipstick on this kid is uh, not the right shade. When you drink the bread, you think of Jesus' body. And when you drink the water, you think of his blood. You know, this poor kid here, he's been making the rounds on Mormon Reddit for years. And I, for one, am absolutely sick of it. You think of his blood. I'm not in a cult. I'm with you, little buddy. I'm, You know, those ex-Mormons who are putting that meme out there, absolutely despicable. Absolutely despicable. Why do we eat that bread and water in church? Because it makes you healthy and strong. Yeah, he also speaks the truth. I testify that with, uh, beyond a preponderance of the evidence. It's a good thing that uh, Latter-day Saints don't believe in transubstantiation, or this segment could have gotten really weird really fast. Well, how should you act while they're passing the sacrament? Spill. Very, very soon. <laughs> okay. No, uh, yeah, don't peel back the Band-Aid, dude. That is gross. Don't peel the Band-Aid back. Hey, watch the COVID there, buddy. Hey, and she looks like she was getting ready for the Hosanna shout. She had her little uh, white handkerchief ready to go. You know, every time I watch this segment, I keep thinking that I might see myself somewhere in here because this is, uh, you know, I was born right around this time. So I keep, keep wondering if uh, I'm going to see myself. But I am I am happy to report, and also for you, I'm happy to see that the filmmakers here are only featuring white and delightsome kids so far. So um, that is that is a positive step. The filmmakers certainly have their priorities straight. Oh, hey, 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 hands to yourself. Hands to yourself. My goodness. Where are the teachers? Hey, where are the teachers? Get in there, teachers. Do something. There's one teacher. We have one teacher. He's poking them in the eye? Come on, teach classroom management, teachers, classroom management, get in there. What happens to people that are good? They go up to heaven. That, that's technically true. If you look at the kingdoms of glory here, and you look in particular at the T, uh, terrestrial kingdom, generally speaking, individuals in the terrestrial kingdom will be honorable people who are blinded by the craftiness of men. So those are good people. They will go to heaven, but not the um, highest degree of heaven, terrestrial folks. The really good people, the really, really good people, they're the ones who get the second anointing. Somebody needs to go in and inform this kid of um, what the proper doctrines are. Well, what about bad people? What happens to them? They get spanked. <laughs> they get spanked. Her parents are so mad right now, especially her dad. Now, I was going to make a meme for this girl, and I Googled Mormon spanking. Let me give you a pro tip here. You do not want to Google Mormon spanking. I had no idea what I was getting into. That is, wow, that's some crazy stuff out there. Tell me about the devil. He's very, very evil, and he's rotten and dumb. Actually, the god of this world, he's actually now, now he's the director of the Utah Festival Opera. And he resides in uh, Logan, Utah. Uh, this is one of my favorite shots of him right here. I wouldn't say that he's dumb. I think that's actually kind of a rude thing to say. Devil's a person that, you know, tries to tempt you. You know, some people say bad things about him. And I kind of think he's a very smart person either. Now, we have lots of uh, experiences about uh, people who have seen angels and divine manifestations. But finding uh, church leaders who have seen the devil, that is a tall order. But luckily for you, I tracked it down for you. So Martin Harris in particular uh, spoke about seeing the devil here. And I think the two Ohio newspapers, uh, shortly after Martin Harris arrived in Kirtland, he began claiming to see, uh, to have seen Jesus, and that he is a very is he, he is the handsomest man he ever did see. He also seen the devil, whom he described as a very sleek-haired fellow with four feet and a head like that of a jackass. Now you know. I, I do have a, just a quick question for you. It, it, aren't we um, commanded to love all men? Would that not include our brother, who is Satan? Shouldn't we love Satan? Because we're supposed to love all peoples, right? There was no caveats to uh, you know, I the Lord can love who I'm, who I'm will, but of you it is required that you love all men. 
So shouldn't we be loving Satan? Why should we be teaching all of this eternal hatred for Satan? We should love everyone. Right? And I don't think that Satan, I think in some ways Satan is kind of dumb because he could easily uh, thwart God's, uh, God's entire plan of salvation by just not tempting anyone. If, if Satan just decided to take a holiday and hang out on Europa, for instance, and didn't do his job, the entire plan of salvation would completely crumble. So in some ways, I guess you could say that he is dumb. Who's the devil? Uh, you know this When Pebbles was a baby, 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 when Pebbles was a baby, she used to go like this. When Pebbles was a schoolgirl, 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 when Pebbles was a schoolgirl, she used to go like this. Here's my paper, teacher. What? I don't think I'm, I don't know the answer. What's that oh. got to do with the devil? I don't know. You know, I don't know either. Uh, this kid, uh, someone may need to cast an evil spirit out of this kid. What is fasting? That means you fool something fast. Another truth teller. Fasting is... Um, uh, like on the first Sunday of the month, you don't eat anything, and that's staying close to Heavenly Father. Fasting is when you don't, you don't eat fast. It's when <laughs> you win away fast. <laughs> I don't know why I'm supposed to fast, but I'll do it. That's right, son. You don't know why you're supposed to do half the stuff you're supposed to do, but we cannot serve a God of Mammon. Whose side are we on? When the prophet speaks, the debate is over. Just do what you're told, buddy. What does fasting do for you? Just makes me hungry. Very inspired counsel. Are you going to go on a mission? Yes. Yes. Maybe. I don't think so. I want to go on a mission. I'll go if my mom goes with me. <laughs> All of the boys definitely are going to say yes. Now, the girls, they can say maybe or no. But boys, we are definitely not going to show in this film a boy saying he's not going to go on a mission. Heavens, no. No way. I hope they call me on a mission. What? And then they call me on a mission. What? And then they call me on a mission. Um, is this... <laughs> Is that a primary song? Because um, I'm, I'm not quite sure. It seems uh, vaguely familiar. But you know what? I think that this actually might be David A. Bednar. This is, um, <laughs> uh, maybe not. Where do you want to go? To Disneyland. I actually found a picture of this kid. He was in the film credit, so I looked it up. I actually found a picture of this kid later on in Disneyland, which I think is, um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. The North Pole. Why would you like to go to the North Pole? Because it snows down there. Oops, a slight geography problem. North Pole, um, you know, South Pole, North Pole, whatever, that's okay. Um, but this is a little-known Elias fact that I bet very few of you out there have really considered. No Mormon missionary has ever gotten abused by a companion while he was on his mission while he was at the North Pole. So that's actually one of the safest places you can go. What do missionaries do, anyway? They have to get a shot. Yeah, they have to get a shot. Now, I do want to give props to uh, Russell M. Nelson for, for encouraging everyone to get the COVID vaccine, including requiring missionaries to get the COVID vaccine before they went on their mission. Now, he even tweeted about this, and it was a really cool shot here, where he said, the gift of our physical bodies is a transcendent miracle. A unique body is given to each of us by our loving Heavenly Father. Make it more unique with ink. That is a good tat right there. You, you know, that is a top 10 tat. That... <laughs> oh, man. What do missionaries do, Abby? They go on a mission. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the temple? It's a place where you go through so you can be a member of the church. Well, did you go through the temple? Um, that's a problem. I don't think you have. Mm -mm, not oh, yet. Oh, no. So are you a member of the church? Yes, but when you get married, you have to go through the temple. Yeah, you do need to go through the temple. It reminds me of that, uh, President Monson. You get a temple, and you get a temple, and you get a temple, and everybody gets a temple. Why do you think they want you to get married in the temple so bad? Because, like, if it's raining, it's had it outside, you can have it inside, and the weather's covering. Uh, honestly, this is some of the best advice I've heard in this film. I wasn't expecting such inspired wisdom from all these kids. She's wise beyond her years. Now, if only she could have the priesthood when she was older, but <laughs> I don't think so. In the temple, they get married and they get bat they baptize the dead. They baptize the dead? Oh, no. You know what? Um, <laughs> that's from that Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> it's a place like it's nice and cleaner than like a church, but I'm not saying that the church is dirty or anything. But... What is tithing? Tithing is when you're... Take the stones and then you put 
and it, like if you have ten pennies and you take one away and give it to the bishop, you still have nine left. Now this kid has focus. He is absolutely focused in. Those those anti Mormons on the ex Mormon Reddit, they don't know anything about this kid. You know, he's actually he's actually one of the smartest kids on here. When it comes to paying tithing, you know, I think you thought I said no membership fees? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, what do they do with the money? I think the bishop buys his clothes with it. <laughs> Price is close with it. You know, I, I'm not sure about that. I don't know if that's illegal because I thought here I thought all along the tithing is supposed to go into Ensign Peak to await the second coming and never come out. So somebody needs to go back and tell that little girl about what, where, where tithing actually goes. It goes into Ensign Peak to die. There's some foods that you should eat. Like what? Um, poison. Smart girl. What shouldn't you eat or drink? You don't eat coffee. You don't drink coffee. You don't eat candy wait what now i know about the coffee thing but candy actually i think that's uh, that's only true on byu campus so i heard that they finally lighten up on candy um, is, is eating candy against the word of wisdom no sir it's, it's bad for boys have it's good for gold what it's bad to smoke what does smoking do it makes you cough and try to get it out yeah do you like family home evening yeah why because sometimes on family home evening the whole family just plays games and draw Sometimes you don't even learn anything. Yeah, sometimes you don't learn anything. That's the best, isn't it? But some, all the time we learn how to love each other. Yeah, we learn to love each other. There's a lot of funny moments in this video. But the saddest part for me was when I um, looked it up and I learned that this little sweet girl right here, she grew up and she joined ordained women. What a waste. I say my prayers every night so I can be a better boy. Someday when I get married, I'll, I'll have a family and I'll teach them about the gospel. I'm glad that my mom and dad joined the church and mm -hmm. I'm thankful for it that my dad can hold the priesthood. And then you better be very extra thankful that Harold B. Lee died suddenly in 1973 and way before his time, only in his early 70s. Because if he was still alive, this was only eight years after Harold B. Lee died. If he was still alive, like most prophets have lived to be like 90 years old, then your dad wouldn't have the priesthood. Hashtag give thanks. But uh, seriously, I too am thankful that in uh, 1978 that uh, God changed his mind about black people as the Book of Mormon musical teaches us. And then in 1978, your Jesus changed his mind about black people. I think Jesus is the head of the church. It helps us learn so we can keep learning better and better so we can so we can go up with our Heavenly Father. You know, I pray every single night and twice on the Sabbath not, that not one of these kids ever reads a Gospel Topics essay, the CS letter, or listens to a Mormon Stories podcast. Now, this is obviously a super cute video. It's uh, amazing how accurate some of the answers are and how bizarre some of the other ones are. But it seems like to me that children have an intuitive sense of what is right. And I would love to see the deleted or the extras, whatever uh, funny responses hit the cutting room floor. That's what I would really like to see. It's always amazing to me how plastic the human brain is. And children, they can be taught to believe and do almost anything. One thing that I would like to address, and that's the, the filmmaker. It's, it's interesting to me that the film, that the interviewer, the off-camera interviewer, which I presume is uh, Mr. Christensen, the director, he presupposes that these children are all Mormons. And I do want to play a couple of uh, clips that address that. Uh, are these children Mormons? Um, I don't know. Let's, uh, let's take a look. Regardless of whether we are religious or not, we all buy into the convention that children belong to the religion of their parents. You will see newspaper articles talking about Christian children and Muslim children and Jewish children, children who may be as young as three or four years old and who are therefore obviously much too young to know what their beliefs are about the cosmos and humanity and religion. There is no such thing as a Christian child there is only a child of Christian parents. Whenever you hear the phrase Christian child, or Muslim child, or Protestant child, or Catholic child, the phrase should grate like fingernails on a blackboard. No one ever says that uh, my child, he's a, a Bernie Sanders socialist child, or he's a Marxist, or my three-year-old child's a, a Leninist, or a Stalinist, or a communist. For some reason, it's okay to say, well, my three-year-old is a Mormon. 
And I think Richard Dawkins has a lot of issues with that. And I think a lot of people do. You talk about a Catholic child or a Protestant child. You never talk about an existentialist child or a logical positivist child or, or a socialist child. But religion somehow gets a free pass to stamp a label on a child. And we see it in Northern Ireland where you talk about Catholic children, Protestant children be, being going to school and being, and being indoctrinated. Um, I, I do think we need to break that cycle of more, almost hereditary passing on of a religion from one generation to the next. Is, is, it, is it harmful though? I mean, that's just a way of bringing kids up, isn't it? Which millions of people choose in, in these islands as well as further afield. You look at Northern Ireland and you look at these two tribes and they've been going on for hundreds of years like this. And the only difference that actually persists over these generations is religion. Thanks so much for joining me to review this film. Please like, subscribe, and leave a comment. And join us next time for another episode of the Mormon Movie Reviews, where LDS movie lovers belong, which is when we're going to review the Book of Mormon musicals.